Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Terry Crawley, and I'm here today to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to A Productive Conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy, and I'm joined by Terry Crawley today. She is a registered nurse based in Washington, D.C. She's certified in clinical sleep health and has co-authored two books on sleep, Snoozeby and The Great Big Bedtime Battle, the first nonfiction book directly messaging the benefits of sufficient sleep to young children and Sleeping Your Way to the Top, The Ultimate Guide to Success Through Sufficient Sleep. We talk about sufficient sleep. We talk about napping. We talk about night owls, which is one of my topics, and you know, fighting your body clock. We talk about some of the myths, some of the things you can do, and the direct correlation between sleep and productivity as well as do we manage sleep or do we manage our relationship with sleep just like we do with time um terry also serves on the start school later board of directors and she works with a variety of organizations throughout the u.s and canada to promote sleep health and wellness she's here to do the same during this conversation today i hope you enjoy it here we go my conversation a productive one at that with terry crawley Terry, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. It's a pleasure to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. So I want to get into some of the things that I love about the body clock and sleep and all that stuff that I don't think gets as, I wouldn't say as much, well, no, I don't think it gets as much attention or as much play as, say, you know, get a, getting the right amount of sleep, so on and so forth. I want to just jump right out of the gate and tell you I'm a night owl, and so I'm okay. very much someone who still strives to get like the right amount of sleep, but I'm not, I've never been somebody that's been wired to go to bed, you know, at 10, nine and get up at like, you know, three, four, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, for those that are, you know, and especially in the productivity world, we hear a lot about getting up early, taking on the day, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about as we get into things, um, the idea of not so much when, like, is when you go to sleep important or is it more how long? Like, I'd love to hear when it comes to this kind of thing, because I think there's a lot of uh, competing information, not necessarily false information, just there's a lot being thrown at people about, you know, how to get a good night's sleep and when to get a good night's sleep and all of that stuff. Sure. No, that's a great question, Mike. And we can look at it in, in several ways, but I think it's important um, to acknowledge first that a lot of us, I mean, we all have different chronotypes. Um, there are morning 
larks, we call them. There are uh, and, and night owls. And it's, it's just one of those things that a lot of it's genetic. Um, I know people that have tried unsuccessfully for weeks, months, even more to um, change that. And they can't. They're just not able to. So I think it's it's smart to sort of say, you know, be, be realistic. Here's where I am with it. I, I, I will never be a go to bed early person and get up early and hit the gym at 5 a.m. type of person. And let me just adjust my life accordingly and lead a healthy life based on that genetic um, component that, that I don't have a whole lot of control over. And I think we can be healthy no matter where we are on that range and, and just go with it and, and do your best. I mean, you know, I, I think that sort of prototype of go to bed fairly early, get up super early, be at the gym in order to be successful, productive, do your best and function optimally. Um, I think we've seen that sort of fade and we see people at the gym late at night that are night owls and they get their exercise at a different time, but they're getting it and, and they can lead a healthy lifestyle and be incredibly productive based on their own hour preferences. So Again, it's we can work around those preferences, but I think the bottom line is get a good relationship with with sleep. And when I say that, um, I have found, Mike, I've been in this little tiny corner of medicine for a long time, and there are so many people that have a horrible relationship with sleep. I mean, I can't tell you. I've been to health fairs and patients or, or people at the health fair say, Terry, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And then they laugh. And, you know, I'm just pulling my hair out and shaking my head and saying, no, 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 let's change that. Let's really change the way you look at sleep. So I think the last couple of years I've been really saying, let's flip the script and sort of let delve inside and see sort of, do you have a fear of missing out? Do you have a contempt for sleep? Or do you think people that acknowledge their need for sleep are less ambitious, less motivated, less productive? Are they lazy? I mean, we have some pretty, uh, pretty, uh, you know, I think a belief system where we've just looked at needing sleep and, and talking about it as, as being unproductive and lazy. And now we know the research has shown us that certainly is not the case on any level and sufficient sleep is a responsible uh, way to do very well in life and to function optimally at all times. You know, it, you mentioned improving your relationship with sleep. And I love that because we hear about managing, like management, management, time management. I don't like using the term time management any longer. I think it's you need to improve your relationship with time. Um, it, it's the same. Sleep is the inescapable. I mean, whether you love it or hate it, I mean, I love sleep. Um, there's people that are like, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead and all that. And that culture has changed. What you heard how fascinated I am about the whole body clock idea, especially from a night owl perspective. And my, my journey to past, you know, learning and teaching people how to improve their relationship with time and cultivate productiveness has been something that I've been on for a while. But what led you down the path of becoming a certified clinical sleep educator? Like what was, what was the thing that, you know, kind of sparked you to head down that path? Well, as a registered nurse, you can imagine um, when you get out of nursing school back in the day when when I graduated, you were just on wild shifts. You were working days, nights, evenings. I mean, it just anything goes. Did we talk a lot about sleep, how we're better when we're well rested, we're safer when we're well rested? Um, how much should we be getting every night? Nope. 
Not a bit. We didn't talk about that at all. So in later, a little bit later in my nursing career, I was working in um, on an insomnia study and I was recruiting sleep doctors. So two of the doctors were nice enough to invite me to their sleep clinic for a week. And I absolutely was astounded, amazed. Um, it was a complete game changer for me in terms of my career. I was so fascinated with sleep, how realizing how little I knew. Here I'm in healthcare as a registered nurse, and, and I really didn't know much of what I should should have known about sleep at that point. So I stayed up for um, I stayed up all night for a week in a in a sleep clinic and watched people undergo the sleep studies. Mm -hmm. And just came away a completely changed person, um, opened up my own sleep clinic shortly thereafter. And I've really been um, fascinated since then, but also a, very passionate about the need for sleep and sort of changing the culture around it. Um, and then all the aspects that... Um, affect our functioning and obviously the health, you know, the health um, topic, physical and mental health. It, it's so important we get sufficient sleep to be our best physically and mentally. But then I started, I, as soon as I started doing the seminars and workshops and really getting out and, and working with people um, in various programs at, at businesses and schools, all these places where I go, um, it's amazing. People you know, I talk to people who are very, you know, want to be successful. They're very motivated, but what they're doing, they have a horrible formula that they're they're trying to live by, which is trading sleep hours for more waking hours in an effort to get more done. And this is this is where every single person trips up. You can't do that. You do more. You do it better, and you're a better person when you're well rested. So we really have to look at sleep, not as this um, downtime that, that we just sort of have contempt for, or we begrudge, or, oh my God, I'm, I'm out of it. We have to look at sleep as a productive time. Mm -hmm. And it truly is productive. I mean, our, our minds and bodies are going through all these sort of house cleaning steps. Um, we're repairing ourselves, we're recharging. It, it, it's a shame we have to do it. No one, we're still trying to figure out exactly why we do it, why every animal on this planet does it. I mean, it's, it's, it has some mysterious aspects to it, but we know we have to do it. And if we don't do it, we're going to pay the price and there's no getting around it. Or I have people saying, I'm used to it, Terry. I've learned how to power through it. I've gotten used to getting four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep per night. And I'd look at them skeptically and then just say, tell me more. And sure enough, five minutes later, then they delve into the health problems. Then they delve into how they're not happy at their job. Then they talk about relationship problems. I mean, all of those things can come up and see it's all connected to sleep and no one gets it. Well, very few people until right. they go to my seminars, <laughs> then they get it, right? <laughs> right no, no. It's, you know, it's interesting because the, the more I think about sleep and time in the relationship is that people want to like, people want to conquer it. Like, like I got to mm -hmm. ring every last, you know, like I've got to kind of beat it. Like time's not mm -hmm. my boss. Sleep isn't my, but the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, first off, I love sleep and, and it's, it's so funny because once you, once I decided, cause I was one of those people that tried to like, okay, well, I'm going to try to get up earlier. And that generally happened when I was either had a job that didn't align with, you know, the way my body clock worked. Mm -hmm. Um, although I was in charge, so I could have changed the schedule, but I also didn't want to work late at night because those are the social hours. So there was a lot of, you know, I mean, we can never get 
exactly what we want 100% of the time, right? But right. The, the other thing that, that I, I kind of enjoyed about the process of um, figuring it, once I figured out, hey, listen, I'm not going to fight this. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I can get by on six hours of sleep, but I'm way better when I get by, when I have eight restful hours. And when mm-hmm. I just do a few little tweaks, I remember listening to, um, and I know this is not new, but listening to uh, Andrew Huberman talk about like, don't have coffee right away when you get up in the morning. Like, just don't. And I'm like, well, and I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too, because I know there's talk about like cortisol. I don't know all the details. It was something to do with cortisol levels and such. And I, I, I thought, but I love the ritual of coffee. I love the morning ritual of mm-hmm. making it. So all I did was switched to decaf for the first mm-hmm. cup because it's a good, like there are now good decaf things. So what are like some simple things that people can do to kind of improve that relationship? I felt that, making just that subtle shift helped me, especially because first thing in the morning, I actually, it didn't adjust my energy levels at all. Like I didn't feel like, Oh no, I didn't have my cup of morning caffeine and I'm groggy. In fact, if anything, having the cup three hours later with caffeine, which means, and I only have two cups of coffee a day, one decaf, one not, um, Mm -hmm. it made it better. So that like just that one tweak helped improve things and, uh, so I'd love to hear like some simple things that people can do, like starting today, that will help them improve their relationship with sleep. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Okay, the very, very first thing to do is to look at sleep. It's a biological um, biological need. And, and what, okay, and the analogy that I use a lot is thirst. Mm. We would never say, I'm going to try to power through not drinking any water um, when I'm thirsty or during the day, even when I don't feel thirsty, I'll try not to drink water because I'm going to power through it. I mean, it's just as it, it, it would be ridiculous to say that about sleep 
Similarly, I mean, I, I need it, but I'm going to try to power through it or get by without it. So I think we have to start off with being very unapologetic and, and sort of reframe sleep, the sleep need in our mind is it, this is biology. Um, I can't fight it. I can't defeat it. I can't work around it. I'm going to work with it. So I think there are things to do um, to make it sort of easier. And then to, I mean, to get a good night's sleep, we definitely start in the morning mm -hmm. with, with getting natural light in the morning, kind of to reset our body clock and, you know, find what works best with you in terms of um, waking up. I think it's real important to sort of do a self-assessment self on how you feel when you wake up. We really should feel refreshed when we wake up and, and, and pay attention. Um, when you talk about caffeine, I, I talk to people frequently that say they, they do caffeine all day long to get through the day. Well, that's a problem and that's, you shouldn't have to do that. And if you are doing that and say, you know, let's start with we, most adults, most every adult needs between seven and nine hours a night. Statistically, very few short sleepers, um, less than 1% of the population has that genetic variant. The rest of us need seven and nine hours. Okay, so how do you feel when you wake up? If you're not refreshed and say you're in bed for nine hours, um, tossing and turning, you could have a sleep disorder. So I would look at sleep as a vital sign. Um, always, always address sleep at every healthcare provider encounter, even if they don't bring it up, you bring it up. It's a vital sign. It's so basic to our well-being that it should be addressed um, at every counter. But but going back, go go through the day. Are you falling asleep during a boring meeting? Are you you know having a micro sleep at a red light? These are signs of you're not getting the sleep quality, you know, the quality sleep you need or enough sleep, or you've got an undiagnosed, unmanaged sleep disorder. So pay attention to how you feel during the day. Um, but I also, you know, make time for sleep, schedule that time management. How many things do we see about people spending five hours a day watching in front of screens or TV or, or, mm -hmm. or these things? Um, and that's another thing that we don't make the connection between sleep deprivation and being organized and planning our day, making good decisions, judgment, all of these things are impacted by sleep. So that prefrontal cortex, and, and you look through the day, you, you're saying, well, I'm not getting things done or I'm doing them inefficiently or I'm making errors. So look at your productivity. How, how is your focus? Um, how is your outlook? Are, are you optimistic? Are you motivated? Um, are you nice to people? <laughs> you mm. know, sleep deprivation makes us irritable. We um, are often pessimistic, unmotivated. Things look bleak. Um, and of course, when we're when we're um, sleep deprived, we're stressed out. Right. And and sleep is a wonderful way to mitigate stress. In fact, one of my favorite quotes is: "Sufficient sleep is like Kevlar for the mind." I mean, it makes us resilient. Mm -hmm. you, you so all of these things, I mean, think of how all of these things I've just listed really impact our functioning and how productive we are or how unproductive we, we could be if we're not getting sufficient sleep. So I, I, I do find people that say, well, I'm a, I'm a, they'll tell me they're a short sleeper and they're clearly not um, because they're having all of these other related issues going on. And, but then, it, you know, so that's something to think about. And then our nighttime situation, when it gets close to bedtime, do you have a bedtime alarm that will help people? I mean, it's so easy to go down those rabbit holes on the internet or doing anything electronic based. And obviously that we, we, we've heard a lot about the blue light interfering yep. our production of melatonin that interferes with sleep onset um, and sleep duration. Um, 
boy, going nightcap, that, that's an issue where if you have a nightcap to fall asleep right before bed, that will actually uh, wreak havoc on your sleep. Later in the night is that that alcohol metabolizes. That's a problem. Yeah, then yeah. we can look at the sleep environment. I mean, there's so, and, it, I, it's, and, I, and, and would you agree that it's not like a one and done solution either? I think that's the other thing, too, is people want it to be like, OK, I'm going to dial this in and then that's it. But that that's not necessarily 100% the case either. I mean, I was just, we were talking before we hit record, weather patterns changing. Like I know mm-hmm. that in the summer, um, my sleep, unless I've set my environment a little bit differently because the weather's different, I'm going to not have as great a sleep, you know, whether it's changing like the pajamas that you wear before you, like there's certain things that yeah, I think, I think one thing that, that the culture of productivity um, and when I'm going to use air quotes around productivity, because I think there's been some imbalance between quality and quantity when it comes to that term that's kind of uh, carried itself over the, the, you know, the past several generations is that we want to hack it. We want to like, yeah. we want to make it so that it's, this is the way it is. And this is, I'm going to templatize it. I remember once when I was working at Costco, I used to have a, a Covey planner and I actually scheduled sleep in it. And people are like, what's wrong mm-hmm. with you? Why are you scheduling your sleep? I'm like, well, because that way I like I'm scheduling my work hours. Like I'm here from you know, seven to three or like so one third mm-hmm. of my day is in bed. So why wouldn't I schedule that? That way I, you know, mm-hmm. and and I mean, but it's I've never said, OK, well, that's the time I'm going to bed for here and now I'm forever more like those things have changed. And I think do you think that's part of the problem is people, you know, who are who are trying to improve their relationship with sleep real. They forget that a relationship isn't just a set it and forget it situation. Sure. And there are a lot of variables um, in that relationship. And I guess, I, you know, that's that's the thing. Here's one way we look at we talk about it. We, we always tell people in the clinical setting, don't try to sleep. Just try, just relax. Sleep will follow. We don't want to make it a stressful sort of thing. I mean, to me, sleep itself is the hack. I mean, sleep is sleep is it. It yeah. is the bottom line. It is the basis of of everything that's important and and all of our well being, quality of life, and success hinges on sleep. So. Um, yeah, you're talking to someone who's scheduled sleep <laughs> religiously. <laughs> but, but, you know, real life happens. I don't ever want anyone set up for failure. Um, but, you know, there are things you can do to make it better. And I, But I think getting back to that attitude about sleep, you know, look at how much the average person spends, you know, sort of outfitting their kitchens and all the, when you're house hunting, you know, the kitchen is, is the room. But, you know, we, again, that bad, re- poor relationship with sleep, I think we haven't really paid attention to our sleeping environment. Um, um, how many people do you know roll their eyes when they have to go mattress shopping? Mm. Well, I think the mattress is one of the most important health products in a home. You're going to keep because- it. How long are you going to have it? You spend most of your time. Yeah, like I, I agree. Um, that's why there's so many podcast ads with mattresses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, it's sort of. Let's pay attention, not stress out, but let's pay attention and make that eight hours, especially the time leading up to and waking up, make that enjoyable, something to look forward to, you know, nice, quiet, pleasant bedtime routine. Kids need bedtime routines and so do adults. And we need that consistent bedtime and that consistent wake time. Our body clocks need that um, to, to reset and for us to be our healthiest. So little things, you know, oh, gosh, people tell me. I, I I worked with a group of uh, Wall Street 
folks one, <laughs> one day. And, you know, they, they said as soon as their head hits the pillow, their minds start racing. And then they're calling, they're texting people. I just, it was craziness. Um, but you, you just have to say, okay, maybe at the end of my workday, I'll write down on yeah. paper what's going on, what to worry about, what I've done, what I need to do. It all looks a lot more manageable. And then put that away. Have a very um, uncluttered bedroom, um, that sleep environment. There's so many distractions that can be in the sleep environment um, that shouldn't be there. And that will um, interfere with sort of that peace of mind and that sort of serenity level that would be optimal for falling and staying asleep. Um, I always encourage if you want a distraction before bed, reading, read good old fashioned reading it's so good. I think two studies I ran across saying sleep quality was improved um, with people in people who were reading before bed, things to do again before bed, yoga. Um, I, I'm I'm a little, I'm not too far, I'm a night owl, but not an extreme one. Okay. So I do like to go to the gym at night. I don't find that hitting the gym at 7.30 at night interferes with my sleep time of say 10.30 or 11. Um, that works fine for me. I think that's been something circulated for years, like don't exercise at night or then you'll, you won't fall asleep. It just depends on the person and their chronotype. Mm -hmm. But see, again, I don't want anyone set up for failure. Find what works for you and, 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 and do it. And, um, and look at it in terms of, I think if I have to get one point across today, it's there. there's that three pillars of health and wellness. Now, I did discuss this in nursing school a little bit. There is diet, sleep, and exercise. And we sort of always had them modeled as these three pillars. But we've looked at it. Now that we what we know, based on what we know, it's a triangle. And sleep is the foundation. And I, I encounter people all the time that are having so many dietary challenges, exercise challenges, and a lot of that's um, obesity, um, chronic diseases, diabetes, and then heart disease and all the things that, that come with them, obesity and then sedentary behavior and all these things. If we just got back to scheduling that sleep, just as you say, schedule the sleep and everything else. It's so much easier. I mean, I, I think too many of us are making things more difficult than they have to be because I think sleep itself is the hack. Now, how you get that sleep, do do what works for you. I, I mean, sleep deprivation to me is like smoking was back in the day. Mm. I mean, we had... God, when I was in school, people were smoking in the lobby of the hospital. We were smoking in restaurants. We did not realize how dangerous that smoke was, the secondhand smoke. Yeah. And now look at the change. And I think we're going to start doing that similarly with sleep and conceptualizing it the same way. Like sleep deprivation won't be laughed at. It'll be like, whoop. How responsible are you being? Sleep deprivation is incredibly dangerous. Healthcare workers make errors when they're um, too tired to function. Um, drowsy driving is incredibly dangerous. But, you know, do we stop our friend and say, we stop someone when they're stumbling or if we see ourselves stumbling, we don't get behind the wheel. But we shouldn't let tired people, sleepy people behind the wheel either. And then again, we start acting like drunk people after we've been wide awake for a certain length of time. You know, that's how it impacts our functioning. So it's an important topic. It's it's one to think about, um, not stress about, but think about and really 
bring to the forefront and everything um, really, really gets easier when you do that. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I mean, when you think about it, you said it's the foundation. It's true. Like, if you already know that you need sleep, which we do, like, there's no question, mm-hmm. then it math plays in your favor, too. Okay, I want to set aside nine hours of time in bed, mm-hmm. whether that's sleeping mm-hmm. or not, you know, because I know when I go to bed, um, I don't fall asleep necessarily right away, but it happens right. pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I do, which l- would probably lend itself to other night owls who work later out later at night, and I, I've... I do that occasionally is having a bath at the end of the day because of the whole Mm -hmm. lowering of the body temperature stuff and that, that helps me as well. And the way that I think of that as a hack is in the morning, all I have to do is just, we have a rain shower and I just like dunk my head under the rain shower to get my hair looking fine. and I'm good to go. Like I don't have to have a shower first thing in the morning. Right. And, and it's cold water. So boom, it's like, all right, I'm a little bit more alert now. So but it's not like I've discovered that in one fell swoop. I think, that, and that's what you're saying is figure out what works for you. Um, there's lots of models out there, but you know, it, it, there's nothing that's going to be specific. It's like everything else, like meditation practice or a journaling mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a bunch of framings and, and guidelines, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to, you're going to have to experiment a bit. You're going to have to play with it a bit. Right. Oh yeah. And, and I think, What's really interesting, um, I'm a huge Paul McCartney fan. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and, you're, you're speaking. I'm the, I'm a George Harrison guy, but but okay. McCartney's there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beatles, Beatles all the way. So apparently we would not be enjoying this song yesterday had uh, Sir Paul not dreamt about it. Mm. So that's how the story goes. He's been interviewed. He's brought this up in several interviews where he woke up. With the melody in his head, and I, I can't remember where he was staying at the time, but the piano was close by because we often forget some of the things we're dreaming about. But the piano was close by, thank goodness for all of us. And he he hammered out the tune of yesterday and then later came up with the lyrics. But there have been famous writers, um, all kinds of things have happened during sleep. Some people wake up in the middle of the night with a tune or a thought of solving a problem all kinds of things or early in the morning. So I always recommend keeping something by your bed, preferably pen and paper rather than electronic 
just record a thought. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep, I just, just, for those that are, I mean, obviously you're not seeing this, but I keep a notebook and a pen by my bed. Uh, And I I use a traditional alarm clock, not my phone, even though you can sleep track and a lot of people are like, yeah, but I want to, like, I'm not as concerned about tracking my sleep as long as I'm tracking the hours that I'm, like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to necessarily go, okay, did I get, because you can get caught up in the data. I don't want to worry about that necessarily. I want to. Because the the cost of me having the phone right next to me is too great. Uh, And the I don't own an Apple watch or anything like I used to. Um, But the phone, but the the uh, the alarm clock I have is one that has a vibration thing underneath a pillow because I won't wake to sound, Mm -hmm. but I'll wake to vibration. So there's and I also don't want to wake my wife up necessarily uh, if and that's another thing. I was actually going to get to a couple more things before we wrap up. Um. I, I recently learned, and you would know more about this obviously than I, about the the idea of couples sleeping together. I didn't mm-hmm. realize like a lot of this came out of the Great Depression because they couldn't afford to have they didn't have enough bedrooms, let alone beds. So they the couples would share a bedroom, whether it was two beds yeah. in a bedroom or and I used to be so against the notion of Oh no, we we're married. We should sleep in the same. Now we're looking. My daughter is eighteen. She's she's taking a gap year, and then she's going to university here. But if she leaves, I'm like, all right, my son, you're moving to her bedroom, and I'm going to take your bedroom, and we'll have two separate yeah. bedrooms. Um, what Absolutely. Are your, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, I the the pe- too many people struggle with this notion of it's a bad sign for the relationship. Right. Nothing could be further from the truth. Your relationship is so impacted by sleep or or lack of sleep and the things that happen. Do you know, we are more ethical when we are well-rested. We are kinder. We are more grateful. We are better communicators. We are just all around better, the better versions of ourselves well rested and i it's not worth struggling during the night and just trying to get sleep while a partner's keeping you up i mean it's a tall order to want the same um say comfort support level in a mattress or the same room temperature or the same amount of blankets i mean it is just a tall order and if you can't do it i think you're going to have a better relationship much better if you just say, okay, well, for us, this is how we're going to do it. I mean, I think, gosh, our our uh, libido depends upon sleep. Sleep deprivation will negatively impact fertility. I mean, our love life goes down the tubes if we're tired. So yeah. what's the point? Well, and, and the thing is, is the other reason is when we were, when our kids were growing up, we would take shifts because my wife is more of a, she's not really an early riser. She's more diurnal, but she'll still get up at six. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'd happily sleep until eight or nine if I, you mm-hmm. know, based on. So what we would do is that 3 a.m. would be the pivot point. So if the, if one of our kids woke up before 3 a.m., I was the one that got out of the bed. Right. If it was once 301 hit, it was her that would get out of the bed because it was closer to her time to get up because she was already mm-hmm. in bed by 10. So that's the other thing is she's a light sleeper. I'm a heavy sleeper. Uh, mm-hmm. She goes to bed before me. I go to bed later. So it's very... Uh, it, it makes perfect sense. And honestly, yeah, for the longest time, the only reason you wouldn't do it is the insecurity factor of like, we have to be in the same room because what will people think, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I'm like, I'm at the point now, we've been married almost 20 years where, hey, look, we're doing okay. It's fine. And truth be yeah. told, it allows you to do things like, okay, if you have family over whatever, sure, you could sleep in the same bed for a few nights or whatever. That's yeah. not a big sure. deal. But 
it's it's definitely something that we've decided that we're going to do because it just makes all the sense in the world. Last question, napping. Uh, actually, I got two more, but but one of the biggest ones was napping. I remember speaking at an event, and I asked somebody who had written a book about sleeping and smarter sleeping. As I said, what are your, what's your thoughts on naps? And the response I got was, are you a baby? And I said, no, I'm, I'm not a, clearly not a baby, but I love my naps. And so right. what are your thoughts on, I mean, the, the, people talk about having a power nap or, and I know certain tech groups would have like napping stations and things like that. What are your thoughts on the idea of napping? Are they necessary if you get the full amount of sleep per night? Is it augments it? What does... Where, where does that, the research and where are your thoughts lie on that? I mean, I, there's no right or wrong, good or bad. What it is, if I have an early flight um, somewhere, I don't want to accrue sleep debt. I will take a nap that afternoon that it's the situational thing. I feel better. I don't want to get behind in my sleep. Um, I want to stay on top of it. I feel better and do better, obviously. Um, so even a very short nap, um, you know, people... I've gone to the companies that have brought in the napping pods and you can go on a coffee break at, at 2 p.m. or you can go take even a 10, 15, 20 minute nap can really restore, get you back to where you should be. I mean, let's just say the next door neighbor's dog was barking all night and kept you awake. I mean, kind of hate to have your whole day shot if you still have to, you know, get through the day. I, I'm just very much in favor of, of grabbing a nap if you need one. Um, if you find yourself, you know, exhausted in the middle of the day and you've slept a sufficient amount at night, talk to your doctor, healthcare doc, um, provider about that. Uh, again, it's a vital sign, but I think they're wonderful things. And um, I, I think they can, gosh, I talk to nurses who work the night shift. Some of them need to take a nap before driving home or they shouldn't be driving home if they're, if they're too tired. But I think they just come in handy and um, shift workers, gosh, that they have tough, tough lives. The shift workers who are say working night shifts, you know, when do they sleep during the day? When do they need to be awake for their kids? Can they grab a nap before they go to work at, you know, 10 o'clock at night or, or whatever? It's I, I think they come in handy. There's no right or wrong. I think some people are better at doing them. I think if you take one, it just depends on the circumstances. A long nap may result in sleep inertia. That's that grogginess. Mm. Um, so depending on what you're doing, that might be a little problematic. There's great things called coffee naps. Yes. I was just going to mention that Co Austin yeah. Crayon talks about that. Um, the yeah, idea yeah. of, you know, and this, you mentioned the pods, like have your coffee at your desk. And then when you're ready for your nap, go have it after you've had your coffee. And then what is it, about 20, 25 minutes before the caffeine kicks in? Something like that? Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the developers of, of the early napping pods was, um, he was in Empire State building his offices. And I went up to to see the, the pods and meet him. And they were amazing. They are amazing. But I spent probably 15 minutes in, in the pod in the afternoon. And you just, you come out. I It was such a light I've, you know, to me, it felt like a light sleep, but I felt fabulous the rest mm. of the day. I mean, it, it's amazing what a little 15, 20 minutes can do in terms of, you know, really just rejuvenating you, getting your energy level back up, getting your concentration, your focus back. Um, just think of all the things we rely on to have a good productive day. I mean, all of the things we pull from <laughs> in our minds and our bodies, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so that's a, that's a great thing. Um, I think uh, people benefit. 
Um, what are some of the things that you're working on right now? Um, and that, that will, you know, as we're recording this, but also that, you know, you think will stand the test of time regarding, you know, making sure that people improve their relationship with sleep. Yes, I'm very involved in a start school later campaign. Um, we are really working hard for healthy hours for teenagers to go to school so um, they don't uh, suffer any horrible effects of sleep deprivation on a chronic basis. Um, most, some of the high schools in this country or all countries start, my, my high school started at 7.20 a.m. Yeah. And um, teenagers are genetically, I mean, not genetically, they're they go through a stage where they get this um, melatonin production late in the evening. Um, so it's it's called a phase delay. So they tend to get tired later um, than people in other age brackets. And then they'll sleep later. So here we're forcing teenagers at this very vulnerable and important time in their lives um, to walk around like zombies because they... They don't tend to, they can't just make themselves go to bed at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Teenagers need 9.25 hours of sleep per night. And we're finding that these early school start times, kids aren't getting anything close to that. They're getting about six hours, seven hours uh, in a good day. And it's incredibly dangerous. I mean, short and long-term health effects and, and the the psychological problems um, are, are alarming. We've got a higher propensity for drug abuse with these sleep-deprived teens. Obviously, the obesity, the risk for suicide, um, risky, poor judgment, poor decisions, problems learning, um, just really serious. And of course, the these are these are new drivers. Mm. And they're just in a sleep-deprived yep. state on a chronic basis. It's very dangerous. So, yeah, we're working hard with that. Um, it's it's weird because you're right. Because the older yeah. the kids get, the earlier they go to school. My daughter was going to school, and I'm like, why? Like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense at all. Not at all. And these, I mean, these can just give really result in lifelong health problems, both mental and physical. And then when you think about what's going on in our society now with gun violence, um, serious problems. And we know sleep deprivation um, and, and bullying have been connected, aggressive behavior, violence, um, like a, just poor poor judgment, poor decisions, all of these things. So we really need to look at this on many different levels. I, I tell people sufficient sleep has to be a personal, a family, a classroom, and a workplace value. And it impacts pretty much every aspect of our personal functioning, but also how we function as a society. And it really needs to get to the forefront. Gary, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Where can people keep up with you and the work that you're doing? I hang out at the Better Sleep Council. And the uh, website is bettersleep.org. I'm on Twitter at Power of Sleep. I'm on LinkedIn and I post things about sleep all day, all the time. <laughs> so it's, it's the, the research is fascinating. I find the topic fascinating. I hope to get some other people excited and passionate about sleep. It's a good thing. Thanks so much for having a productive conversation with me today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks so much to Terry for joining me on the program today. You can check out all the relevant links uh, to her books, to the stuff we talked about, to related blog posts, podcasts, all that stuff uh, at productivityist.com slash podcast 
too. The other thing you can do to uh, check out more about what the show has to offer, as well as you know, help the show out, is subscribe to the show. Wherever you're listening to this right now, just hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss a single episode of what's to come. We're nearing the 500 mark, uh, so there's lots to come. And, of course, there's over 480 episodes in the archives that you can find quickly and easily as a subscriber. Another way to support the show is to visit our sponsors page. You can check out the sponsors you heard on today's episode, as well as others at productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors. That's it for this episode of A Productive Conversation. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, your host, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later. <laughs>